0: Series, a collection of podcasts and webinars designed exclusively for the members of COSIDA. This value-added collection of personalities will provide insights and perspectives on managing, directing, and leading one of the most important units in all of college athletics, the offices of Sports Information and Communications.
1: Mary Beth Cooper became the 13th president of Springfield College in August of 2013, bringing to the school her experience from a long and distinguished career in higher education administration as well as community service. With her leadership, the Springfield College community has experienced a unified rededication to its humanics philosophy and the mission of leadership and service to others. And it has committed itself to educational excellence through the cultivation of partnerships that all allow students to produce new knowledge and that engage diverse populations. President Cooper serves on a number of boards, including those most familiar to us in the sports world, the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame, as well as the Cal Ripken Senior Foundation. My name is Trip Durham, and I am lucky enough to be on the line and with President Cooper over the next 15 or 20 minutes. President Cooper, as we get started, this is a leadership series. And the only repeat question that each podcast guest will be receiving is this one. How do you define leadership?
0: Well, I'm going to answer that with not talking about leadership, so I may be the very first person in your leadership series that uses other words. When I look at leadership, and you can Google it as well, you'll find that in just even the last year, over 1,300 books have been written on the topic of leadership. It may be the most elusive topic out there. People want to know how to lead, What what capacity, what are the variables, what makes a good leader? So when I think about leadership, I define those terms in terms of looking at power and looking at influence. Two components of leadership that I think are much more action oriented in terms of when you want to make change in organizations. And power can be defined as one that is position related, such as being president of a college or a leader determined by even age in terms of birth order. Uh, Power is a funny word, but how you get things done, I believe, is really coined by the phrase influence. How do you move people along? How do you get people to follow you? How do you move institutions from point A to point B? And I think it's through
1: power and influence. Well, let's stay on that lines then of defining things. How would you define the word advocate?
0: It goes right directly to power and influence. The best way that you can advocate is through your power again, positionally or in your influence. And so when I think about advocacy, it's usually helping a person or cause that may not be able to help themselves. It may not have a seat at the table, if you will. And so my role as president of this college is to advocate for students and to find ways through our budgeting process to think about our student athletes and to think about staff in a way that I can influence their direction. And really the consequences of my actions are how I use my power and
1: how I influence. All right, so if we think about influence, if we think about power, if we think about leadership, all of those things in a little box, sports information really is no different than many units on campus. Turnover of staff, uh, we see that through a, a regular rotation. And although turnover rates aren't high, there is enough that creates a change within the dynamics of the Office of Sports Information. As personalities come and go, when you think about power, leadership, advocacy, how do you develop a trust among staff when you are a leader? Part of it is recognizing their
0: contributions. And I do understand that sports information directors that I've worked with in the past, um, both at D1 schools, D2 schools, and D3 schools, have incredibly complicated jobs. The workload associated with the sports information director is Really unthinkable. Uh, the hours that you play, you are at a contest, the hours that you're spending putting together data, some right on the spot for coaches as they're in the game, some after when you're analyzing the data. It is probably workload wise during season, most complicated job on campus. So from my perspective, it's recognizing that and if I have a SID that's working games that go till 1030 at night and gets home, my expectation is they can't be at the office at 830 in the morning. It There's no way that they cannot burn out if we're expecting them to work 80 hour weeks. Uh, with recent legislation with FLSA and looking at pay in terms of hourly pay and, and who is an hourly person versus a salary person, you can't even touch sports information directors, the amount of hours that they work. And having faculty and st- other staff understand that is part of it. Recognizing them at sports information um, events is important, but amongst their peers, when they're working with other athletic directors, when you're recognizing people's contributions, I think it's really important to let them know how much they're valued. Um, and I don't know that we do a very good job at that from an
1: administrator's perspective. So we open talking about humanics a little bit, and that's part of the mission and philosophy at Springfield College. Uh, humanics leads to human. Human leads to empathy because we all have it. So in your case about somebody not being in the office again tomorrow morning at 830, a leader has to be empathetic then, correct? It
0: does. And uh, humanics is a really interesting concept, and it sets us apart from other four-year private institutions. And this has you know, been an inception since 1885, spirit, mind, and body. It's a triangle where all three sides are equal. And I think if we expect people not to take care of their own spiritual side or their physical side, they can't possibly give us what they need to or what we expect in terms of hours of work. And so balance is really important here. And We live the humanics philosophy. It's also in leadership and service to others. And so service is wonderful. And I think it's really important when we think about leadership but we also have to take care of the people that work with us and for us.
1: Service certainly is important, but so is responsibility. Where does being responsible factor into leadership? And in this case, since we're talking about the Office of Communications, how does responsibility factor into leadership in that unit? Well, part of the
0: work I believe that a a strong SID provides is not just the information, but the storytelling. We rely heavily on our SID to not just provide the statistics from the game last night, but tell me a little bit more about how the athletes played together, how they or didn't play together, what went well and what went wrong, and also behind the scenes on our athletes. Tell us a little bit about their upbringing, the challenges that they're facing. From my perspective, the very best SIDs are the best storytellers, and you don't see that just in presenting data. We at uh, Springfield College, we have the opportunity to have our SID MC our banquet at the end of the year, works with our Hall of Fame events and where his strength is from my perspective is taking that data and making it into a compelling story for not only our student athletes and the parents that come to these events, but the donors. It's a very powerful position and I think we need to recognize that and understand where they
1: are as a part of our team. A bit of a devil's advocate question here, especially since you alluded to the idea that leadership is a bit nebulous. My words, not yours from earlier. What goes into developing a style of leadership? How do you know as a leader that you have fully developed your style?
0: I think it's ongoing. We're all works in progress to begin with, but it's by how many people follow you. You know, from my perspective, it is you can say you're a leader again. You can have the position that implies that you've got authority. But when you ask somebody to do something and they do, or they come forward and ask how they can help because they wanna be a part of your team, that's when you know you're headed in the right direction. Oftentimes presidents and CEOs talk about their tenure. When I define my time here at Springfield College, it'll be about how my team performed, what we collectively moved forward. And it's not easy. At the end of the day, I'm responsible for all the negative things that may have happened the best leader shares all the positive positive. and so when we look at all of the things that we've done at Springfield College since I began it really was a collective effort and that's by surrounding yourself by experts people that know their business and bring their strengths to the table
1: you have teed up my next question really well do you lead individuals and in doing so does the group come along or do you guide the group and then just by circumstance The individual comes along. Which of the two does it seem to be?
0: Both. So I know that's exactly the answer you're looking for. I'll tell you how I operate. I've got a team, um, which we call Team 1. It is my direct reports, and they run the gamut from not only athletics, but communications, enrollment management, philanthropy. They run their individual areas. But when we come together, we come together twice a week for 15 minutes in the morning. We come together every other week for longer periods of time. Collectively, our focus is the college. How do we move the college forward? What decisions do we make that are in the best interest of the college, not their particular unit? So when they leave, they can advocate your words again for their areas. But during that period of time, my expectation is what is most important is what is in the best interest of the college, specifically what's in the best interest of our students. Then they go forth in their units and bring the same kind of leadership forward and it trickles down, or at least I think it trickles down. It seems to me the evidence we have in terms of our own metrics that we watch collectively as a group
1: tell us we're, we're doing fine. Sometimes sports information directors or communication officers know that they need to lead through an uncertain period of time where they know they've got to reach a goal but not really sure how it is they're gonna path themselves there. I bring this up because you are representing Division Three with name, image, and likeness and sharing some of those conversations. While I'm not asking for details about NIL, how is it that you're finding with your own experience that you are going to lead through this unknown? There's so much information. You don't know where you're going to be on the other end of this entire process. How do you set yourself to move forward if you're not really quite sure yet where it is you're going? Great question.
0: And I think often we say that these are interesting times, but I bet we said that 20 years ago. I bet we said that 50 years ago, right? And so this sure feels like interesting times. And I'm sure from my perspective, as again, representing D3 on this particular work group, my responsibility is to advocate for D3, to again, put our student athletes forward, what's in the best interest of their experience. We talk a lot about the collegiate model. My perspective is that it's complex. A lot of the decisions that are being um, asked and questioned, or the issues that are coming forward, there are so many unintended consequences that the average person that may be reading bits and pieces of this doesn't understand the impact, and so. What I would say to my SIDs about this particular issue and any other issue that's complex is you've got to break it down. You absolutely have to be prepared yourself with all the background information, what the possible risk is when we make certain decisions. You know, leadership sounds like it's an easy thing to do is to get up and lead, but really it's messy. It's a really messy process, and there are times when you're in the weeds on issues, and there are times when you have to be decisive. One of the questions you're, I just know you're going to ask about being somebody that is humble or should a leader be humble? Sure, a leader should be humble and certainly should include others and recognize others, but there comes to be a point where you have to be decisive. People are counting on your confidence. Uh, many other people choose not to lead and they choose to have somebody else lead, And so my training for the people that I work with is to help prepare them to make difficult decisions. Certainly to be transparent about it, but to also do the homework associated with it, understand the risk involved in decisions, and prepare yourself for the unintended consequences.
1: Preparation is something sports information directors and those aspiring to be in leadership, they find themselves constantly having to do to make that next jump. But the flip of that is that we're so mired in our own day-to-day, trying to get to 6 o'clock, trying to hit the next deadline, that sometimes we put our own preparation for evolution aside. What's your advice uh, coaching a leader? uh, How do they get out there? How do they help themselves to make that next step?
0: Part of it is analyzing your own time management i think people it's very easy to get caught up in email and all the things that are coming at us all day long the news information that comes to us how do you determine and prioritize your use of time and i think a good leader analyzes their time i do it myself on a weekly basis i'll look at my schedule from last week how much time did i spend working out how much time did i spend in one-on-one meetings Am I in contact with the people that are important to me or am I putting people off your own health? All the things, again, the spirit, mind and body that we sell and live at Springfield College. I think individuals, it's easy to get caught in the present. I have been somebody that's planned for a long time where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do. For me, it was getting additional education. And so what I would say to my SIDs, if you don't have additional certification, you need to get it. Isn't always a master's degree, but what will set you apart from the competition will be things that are distinctive about you. And that's only done by your own hard work. And you've got to be the architect of your own future. You can't count on somebody, although many of us do, and I certainly do, the people I've met in my career that saw potential in me and said, you really need to do X, Y, or Z. I paid attention to them. And so, and, I, and complaining that you don't have enough time is an easy thing to do, but I'll tell you with all of the online opportunities now, you can get additional certification, additional training on your own schedule. Um, I think in terms of it's difficult when you have a very heavy schedule, but it may be something that your supervisor or your vice president or your president will allow you uh, some time off to do that or additional time release from one thing or another so that you can advance. A very good supervisor and a very good leader makes sure that the people that work
1: for them have an opportunity to advance, even if it means losing them. So our last question for you, and it's sort of along those same lines, sports information directors are as much a part of the external relations efforts as anybody else on campus. Now while they may not think that they serve the same role as marketing, or advancement or even admissions they are still as much about the touch to the outside as anybody what's your advice on building a stronger community using that sports information director as a tool knowing that there's too much to do within the course of a day how do you get out there how do you get involved it's really in your
0: relationships if i went back to those 1300 books that i mentioned earlier Probably the very best book on leadership that I ever read was Dale Carnegie's book on win friends and, and influence people. It's all relationships, right? And so there are many a time when we look at our schedule and say, I don't have time to go t- downtown. A lot of times, time to tour this educational facility. It's going to a community meeting doesn't fit with my schedule, but it's really the relationships at the end of the day that will help all the partnerships, all of the initiatives. We talk a lot about progress and tradition and how you the tension between the two of those the way that you move those things forward is the power of your relationships the people you can call and say I need your help here and you can't do that if you don't have face-to-face time with them so for our SIDs we whenever we have an opportunity our SID travels with us to NCAA he's involved in all of our Hall of Fame events he's involved with relationships when we build them with the Cal Ripken Foundation It's important that he has the opportunity or she has the opportunity to have access because there comes a day when they need to pick up the phone and make a contact. And that's part of their power because they've got that relationship with the people. The June Stewart Leadership Series installments of podcasts and webinars are available on demand and they are exclusive to the membership of COSIDA. Engage these programs at your convenience and never hesitate to call upon COSIDA to assist in your journey as a leader of this great profession.